Hello, this is the Online Resilience Podcast with me, Louisa Street, and Professor Andy Fippin. We're discussing all aspects of young people's online lives and giving practical advice on how to support the young people you work with. Music is by Rue Pastor. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Online Resilience Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about curating your feed on social media. Um, And by curating your feed, I guess what I mean is um, how you can um, manage and change what comes up in your social media feed, whether that be on Facebook, Instagram, um, TikTok, any of the sort of sites that use an algorithm to show you specific things that they think you might like. Um, and to, to kind of kick us off, I thought I'd start off with a really nice example of how quickly an algorithm can pick up on things that it thinks you might like. So a friend of mine downloaded TikTok because someone had sent him a video of some fail, um, some sort of fail videos, which uh, you might you might kind of see people doing skateboarding and landing badly and it looks awful, but it's also quite funny. And so he'd watched maybe one or two of these videos and he said since then he can't look at TikTok because it's all just this really super violent stuff, really brutal things happening because he watched one or two videos, but that was the only thing he'd watched. And so TikTok said, oh, okay, you like seeing people get hurt. So here's lots and lots of videos of people getting hurt. I don't know if you want to add anything to that, Andy. I, I, I think that's before you said it, I was sat there thinking, I bet he's shown lots and lots of really violent stuff. On <laughs> yeah. um, you know, it's it's one of those things I have a great deal of frustration with when I hear about political discourse in this sort of area. I've said before, I'm unusual as academics in this area go that my background is computer science. I started mm. off in an AI research lab. I used to write a lot of code and things. So when I hear politicians going that the algorithm's forcing them to look at this sort of content, I go, well, no, it's not. <laughs> there's, there's two things going on there. First of all, they've clearly looked at similar content before like that. Uh, and secondly, they're not, you know, they're not curating their feed very effectively yeah. <laughs> because the, the way to get round, oh, TikTok's only showing me violent videos is to look at some more stuff on TikTok, yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, and the reason people stick an absolute pile of hashtags into a lot of these posts, these particular on TikTok and Instagram, is because it joins things together and it coalesces them into similar similar trending things. So so it's as with all of these things, I know I've spoken before about the, the concept of the responsible end user. You can't just sit there and go, why is it showing me this? This, this, this is terrible. You know, there are things you can do. And I think that's kind of like what we want to focus upon here is the fact that an algorithm has no thought process. Yeah. An algorithm does exactly what the coder for the algorithm does. And, and yes, platforms want us to keep on looking at content. And the more content we look at, the better understanding they have of us yeah. and the more susceptible we are. To their adverts then yeah. and that's how they make their money <laughs> yeah. because if they can go to advertising and go well we can provide you with two million people who are definitely interested in football yeah give us some money and we'll you know so so there are some fairly pure capitalist motivations for these platforms but they don't force people to look at content they share content similar to the content they've already looked at 
Yeah. Algorithms are dumb. Algorithms are like, oh, well, I reckon this person's definitely amenable to, to looking at this really harmful stuff. They will have come across <laughs> that stuff before. Now, it might be the case that, you know, you haven't gone out of your way to look for it yourself. Someone might have sent you some links and you looked at it. But, you know, even clearing out your cookies or, or something might be a way of um, resetting it. Yeah. In terms of, you know, what they think you are doing. Use it. I'll come back to it later on, but it's stuff like using VPNs and, and confusing the platforms in terms of where your <laughs> location is and stuff. I was in The Hague for about over the weekend on my VPN, and it's incredible the stuff that was trending on Twitter compared to what I normally get yeah, trending on Twitter. Yeah, that's interesting. So, so, um, so, yeah, you know, there are things you can do, but it requires a little bit of effort on the part of the end user, which should be the case. You know, yes. it's not just a case of passively sat there going, these things are happening to me and it's terrible and I can't do anything <laughs> yeah. to stop them. And I mean, I, I, funnily enough, I saw a TikTok video the other day that was saying it's not AI, it's a bunch of if-then formula. And that Absolutely is... right. <laughs> you know, it, um... It's one thing that really, oh, sorry, I'm going to go ranting now. This thing that really <laughs> grinds my gears now is that, oh, we're using AI for this. You're not using AI for it. You're using a bunch of conditional statements saying, if this happens, do this. It just so happens that computers process things a lot faster now. So it seems like it's intelligent because you've got a big decision tree in there. But yeah. it's, it's, there's nothing intelligent about artificial intelligence. At best, it's statistics and, and probabilities and, and guessing this person yeah. looked at this, therefore it's going to look at this as well. Which is why when you hear these utterly asinine statements from politicians saying, well, TikTok could stop racism if they wanted to. No, they couldn't. Or Twitter, how was it? After the Euros, wasn't it? Of the Prime Minister, our current Prime Minister. You know, <laughs> Twitter could stop racism if they wanted to. They couldn't. They can identify some keywords, and if those keywords are racist, they can block those posts. But they yeah. can't stop people expressing racist sentiment because yeah. that's a person expressing something. And a lot of the time, these people know how to get around the algorithms because all the algorithms are doing is looking for racist keywords. So if yeah. you avoid those keywords, your post will go up. What's good in those situations is people reporting it because then they'll learn that that person is a racist and their account will get blocked. Yeah. And we did a, a podcast about reporting harmful content. So if you do want to know a bit more about that, um then um obviously listen to that podcast we will talk a bit today about reporting um online but yeah i think you know in terms of thinking about an algorithm and what it's doing um if you look at things that you don't like if you watch you know if you're on tiktok and you watch a whole video or if you're on facebook and you pause and look at a post and you don't like it the algorithm doesn't know that. It only knows that you stopped and looked at it. And that's why, I mean, for me, with Facebook, it just kept showing me animal rescue videos <laughs> until I was like, I mean, I can't not watch these because I find it really compelling, but I don't want to watch these. Um, you know, I don't like it. It's always really sad. So, you know, being a bit aware of that, that, that those things that are very engaging aren't necessarily things that you like um so don't think that the algorithm is like a psychologist <laughs> that's telling you <laughs> well um, you know there's only a very crude number of metrics associated if you're looking at a piece of video content well have you clicked on it yes have you liked it yes have you commented on it yes have you shared it have you watched it all the way through yeah. you know, <laughs> e even if you're not actively engaging with that content by either commenting on it or liking it or sharing it 
that's still information as far as the platform's concerned that you are watching this thing to the end. You, you see a lot of TikTok, um, I hesitate to use the word because I can't stand it, influencers saying, oh, <laughs> please, please like and share and comment and, and watch it all the way through, you know, because those are the crude metrics where the, mm. the algorithms will um, store that information. I won't even say interpret or think because it doesn't <laughs> yeah. either. Um, it, Any no, video it, that says watch till the end, you won't believe what happens. <laughs> oh, that's that's an automatic block as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> right. I will never see anything from that that content creator again. Yeah. 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 But, or, but, or like know, for part two yeah <laughs> that's not how you find part two. <laughs> um but those kind of things um you know watch watching a video all the way through watching more than a few seconds of it you might find that you've been scrolling through something and then you've been distracted and walked off and it has been mm -hmm. left playing on your computer and then all you see is that for a little while yeah but on the flip side a really simple way of um changing that is to then when you see that content coming up scrolling past it quickly and and not kind of pausing and looking at it um so for me i was when i was first on tiktok i was getting a lot of videos about adhd and i'm interested in adhd you know i'm a youth worker i've worked with a lot of young people who have had adhd i know a lot of adults who i think probably have undiagnosed adhd um but I was getting so many of these videos in the end I was like do I do I have ADHD what's going on and and then I was like I don't actually really want to see this content it's not very relaxing for me and I'm I'm mainly on here to be entertained so I just started flicking through those videos really quickly whenever they appeared and now I don't get you know even half as much content about ADHD as I used to mm. um so that's one way of curating it of just saying I don't want to look at this and that is quite a low um, input way of doing it. So thinking about young people who might be saying that they're seeing stuff they don't want to see on their feed, um, if they're unwilling to do any of the other things of, of kind of changing and curating their feed, telling them, you know, if you just scroll past it quickly, it will eventually learn that you don't like that and it will show you something else instead. Uh, might be a nice, easy... The, the one thing we haven't said is about searching for this sort of thing as well. So yeah. the keywords you search for will also be retained. So, you know, that will... Even if you don't click on anything, it will... I'm doing it in double quote thingies here. It will remember <laughs> that you search for that. Um, so those sorts of things. I think the other thing we haven't really talked about as well is you get these things... Oh, I'll tell you the story. I was, I was doing this um, lecture on this sort of thing a while ago. And I was saying, you know, you, you, you're on the phone talking to somebody about you need to get some cat food. Then you see an advert on Facebook for it, don't you? That must be that your phone's listening to you. And I'll be, yes, no, it's not complete rubbish. Um, and um, this student came up to me and said, yeah, you say that. But um, I was having a meeting with my new academic mentor and I'd spoken to him on the phone. And then he came up as a friend's recommendation. So that must have been through the conversation. It must have been listening to me. It's like. Did you send them a WhatsApp message? Yeah, I did. Well, there you go. <laughs> you <know? laughs> Bear in mind that WhatsApp, Facebook, Instagram are all owned by the same platform. Yeah. So they will share data between them. And there are big data sharing agreements between most of the major platforms as well. So stuff you are searching for on Google might start to appear in your social media feeds and similar yeah. as well. 
Um, some people might go, that's outrageous. They can't do that. Well, they can because you consented to it when yeah. you signed up <laughs> to the platform and you didn't read the terms and conditions and, or the, the classic one on WhatsApp where there's a little option somewhere in the settings saying, please do not share this with other companies in the, in the meta group, as it's called. Yeah. Um, but that's uh, an opt-out you have to do. The, the, the default is opt-in. So. It, what's incredible though about this and and people may be listening to this thinking no my phone's definitely listening to me because whenever <laughs> I've said to people it's not they've been like no it definitely is like you might think it's not but it definitely is because this thing happened and you know the cat food I think is a really good example that you're like oh I need to buy cat food but also Tesco is like oh you haven't bought cat food for about yeah. two weeks you're probably running out I'm going to advertise some cat food at you as a reminder that's just how they work. <laughs> so. uh, I think the other thing is as well, it's, it's the phenomenon of coincidence. If, you're, if you've got that on your mind, you'll notice that advert. You'll ignore the other 10 adverts yeah. that about stuff that's completely <laughs> irrelevant to you. What's the one which has got the best stuff? Wish. I mean, you get some amazing recommendations <laughs> through Wish. Yeah. God, I definitely didn't browse that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and, and, you know, with the friend um, suggestions, you don't notice the 10 people that you don't know who they are. Yeah, you only yeah. notice the one person you're like, but I've only just met that person. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, going, going back to the wish thing, I think because that's, you know, uh, a running joke. For those of you that know, it's a, it's a bizarre shopping channel that serves up some pretty weird stuff. <laughs> um, and, you know, you'll talk about the fact that, oh, I've never bought anything from them, but you will stop and you will look at the advert because you go, yeah. what the hell's that? <laughs> uh, and that pausing and that looking and potentially the screen grabbing and the sharing, again, suggests to the platform that this is something you're interested in so that you're going to get more of it. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so thinking then about other ways that you can, I mean, in terms of advertising, if you want to change what comes up on your feed in terms of adverts, um, you can go into Google ad settings, um, probably just Google, Google ad settings, because I can't remember what the exact URL is. And you will then see all of the assumptions that Google has made about you. So I quite often go in and uncheck the box that says I want children because I constantly get things about babies advertised at me. Um, and that's not relevant to me. So I don't, you know, I don't want to just see adverts for that. I'd much rather see adverts for curtains. <laughs> um, uh, so you can manage that. You can um, change what you see. In terms of other posts, suggested posts or, or TikTok videos or, um, you know, things on Instagram that pop up in your feed. Firstly, if you're not seeing stuff that you want to see, take a bit of time to search for like and follow things that you do want to see and similarly mm. for young people supporting them to do that um you know again these algorithms will pick up on this quite quickly so we've talked before about young people potentially seeing a lot of self-harm content and that might be very upsetting for them and so spending a bit of time with them going through and finding other things that they're interested in liking and following them um the algorithm will then show them more of that stuff. No, there's nothing specific about the self-harm content that is meaning the platform's forcing it on them. It's just that they've probably stopped and watched it. They've probably had stuff shared to them before. So yeah. the, the algorithm thinks, which is not the right word, but thinks <laughs> that they are interested in this sort of thing because they have viewed similar content and people have tagged 
the the newer content with the same keywords so yeah you know there's, there's nothing specific about diet posts or self-harm posts or something it's not like they're escalated by the the platforms to oh right we really need to force this on people it's just what they've looked at before yeah absolutely and then in terms of those posts that they're not enjoying seeing if they're still coming up um there are generally on on facebook and instagram it will be three dots uh, at the top of the post which if you click on it will say i don't want to see this and then it will give you a lot of reasons why you don't want to see it um and so answering those and and kind of doing that for all of those posts that you don't want to see or that the young person doesn't want to see will help um less to be coming up in in the feed and similarly you know with tiktok there's um you can unfollow and you can un unsubscribe to people so um you know, it, it, it's about taking a bit of control of that and, and using the features that exist to see less of what you don't want to see and see more of what you do want to see. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, at, at the end of the day, you know, there are some fairly strict laws in both the US and Europe um, around the fact this is our data and we are granting consent for the platforms to use it, but it does require us to be aware of that and to use the tools that the platforms provide to manage that. Yeah. Um, not not just sitting there going, this is terrible. I'll watch another one. What have I done? <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is terrible. You know, I, I wrote something a while ago, and you know, it's a bit like getting in a car, never learning to drive, smashing it into a tree, and going, "Why the hell did Skoda allow this to happen?" You know, <laughs> yeah. it does require some responsibility on our part as well, and I think that's that's certainly lacking from the national conversations at the moment, which are all basically about how the platforms need to stop everything from happening. Yeah. Um, they, 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 they want us to look at content that we will like and enjoy because we'll watch more of it and then they'll be able to profile us better. Yeah. <laughs> and I read an interesting article um, a couple of weeks ago about um, how um, social media sites do um, various things to figure out what personality type you are because knowing what personality type you are means that they can target advertising at you more effectively. Um, and this this paper was about an experiment that had been done that could, in 20 seconds of eye movement tracking, identify what personality type you are to, to a fairly good degree of accuracy, which is terrifying. <laughs> but in just 20 <laughs> seconds of tracking your eye movement, um, that you know they can do that. Now, obviously, the majority of interactions you have online they're not tracking your eye movement so 20 seconds of it or not it's uh you know they're not going to be doing that but we we are seeing a lot more sophisticated approaches to figuring out what we're doing what we're looking at what we're engaging with because that's how they make yeah. money what it boils down to is what we might buy yeah <laughs> yeah you know that's you know the the, the business models for for pretty much all of these platforms because we don't pay for them is yeah. around advertising and yeah it becomes more valuable if you have a a guaranteed hit rate on you know a, a group of users are they they are more likely to buy this that's invaluable to people selling those products so yeah absolutely that's why they're wealthy companies yeah <laughs> but yeah. it's 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 you know the the fundamentals of it aren't particularly challenging it's it's you know advertising and, and commercial and 
and they're keeping track of everything we look at and everything we do on their platform, regardless of how sort of small or or we're not really registering on it. Um, yeah, it will it will just evolve. You as term, I mean, anyone who's ever done a download of their or a dump of their Facebook activity, it's huge. Yeah. You know, you, you <laughs> yeah. can log into your Facebook account and give me all of my activity. It's absolutely massive. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think we often hear uh, people talking about big data and there was a, um, I can't remember where I heard about it, but there was basically a, an approach to diagnosing people with cancer that was more successful than any tests that could be done. Um, this, this algorithm was able to get a better hit rate of diagnosis um than you know speaking to a gp and and all of the sort of things that we're generally told to look out for but the the problem with big data is it doesn't know why it, yeah. it doesn't have any analysis capability so the approach that was suggested was that you would have the the ai or the algorithm that would be able to identify this person probably has cancer and then a doctor to make up some um, you know, reason so that you would feel better about it and you'd feel like you understand mm. it. Because I think we're not very good at comprehending that idea of big data when we see how much information yeah. exists about what we've done. It's it's mind boggling and it's tedious. And I think that's <laughs> why people don't care about it very yeah. much. Yeah. No, it's it, you're you're exactly right. If you're dealing with that number of variables, it will identify patterns that you can't possibly do in terms of with your professional brain or whatever so yeah. but it, it'll just be weird bizarre stuff um but yeah it's just because you do x y and z then you are like to do this but yeah but yeah but as you say the the algorithms don't know why that's the case they just can show that in a high number of cases these factors have this outcome yeah well there was a great story about um a a time when Google said we can predict the next flu outbreak um, through big data, but it turned out that what they were actually predicting was winter. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, no, there's, there's there's plenty of apocryphal tales and, and those sorts of things. But you know, Facebook said a while ago they can tell how people what, that people are going to get into a relationship before they got into a relationship. Well. Everyone went, that's a bit big. It's not really, is it? You start liking their posts and you start <laughs> yeah. looking at their profile the whole time and you yeah. start PMing them all the time. You know, there are some fairly clear indications yeah. there. So. <laughs> yeah. And it's that stuff that people think they're being really enigmatic <laughs> oh, yeah, about. I know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they don't know I'm staring at their entire photo catalogue for the last four hours. <laughs> yeah. You're not going to get into a relationship with them. You're just a stalkery. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe you should have stalker alerts if that's the case. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I can remember in the early days of Facebook, and you don't see this that much anymore. I don't see it that much anymore. Um, is um, things that would say, see who's been looking at your profile. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. you'd click on the website and it would obviously be nonsense because <laughs> that isn't one of the things that Facebook let you do. Um, yeah. <laughs> Funny that, the weird thing, the thing that I find weird about it now is that if you sign up to LinkedIn Premium, it will tell you who's been looking at your profile. <laughs> yeah, but frankly, if you use LinkedIn seriously, you deserve ever since coming to <laughs> <laughs> The last thing then to just kind of wrap up, I guess, is thinking about how we help young people manage um, this. And, and, you know, I've kind of talked about how you can um, support a young person to do it. But I think a really 
important factor in this is to encourage young people's critical thinking skills. Mm -hmm. um, often we kind of, uh, you know, we talk a lot about how it, the, the idea of digital natives is a myth. Young people do not innately understand this stuff because they've grown up with it. And actually, because they've grown up with it, they might be less likely to critique it without being given some support to do so. Mm -hmm. So kind of encouraging that. Um, and again, kind of reflecting on our own um, perhaps assumptions that we may not have backed up, but that, uh, you know, our little feedback loops of our friends and, and our social groups say, well, my phone is listening to me, 100% <laughs> is listening to me. Um, you know, kind of questioning that and making sure we're not taking that into those conversations with young people. Yeah, no, I think, you know, we always seem to come back to it, but it's like, how do you introduce critical thinking to this conversation? It's like, why is it that the lovely people at Meta are allowing you to use their big platform for free? Is it because they really care about you <laughs> hanging out with your mates? Or might they have a business reason for doing so? You know, yeah. people talk about platforms being evil, but they seem to be very off the beam about why they might be considered evil. <laughs> it's their business model rather than the, the behaviour of the platform. Yeah. Um, and if we wanted to get into... <sighs> I won't. <laughs> I won't get into it. <laughs> Or post-capitalist social media. <laughs> well, I was going to talk about corporations are evil. That's why they are corporations. Yeah. <laughs> so that they the can be evil and yeah. not held to account about yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. No, that's that book, isn't there? The Corporation. Oh, I, I can't I remember the name of the author. Basically at. talking about the sociopathic nature of the organisation. Yeah, yeah. Um, Quite a famous one. It's still on the shelf somewhere. Right. Anyway... <laughs> Um, I'd better get a wrap up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, t talking to young people about this stuff is really important. Um, if you don't feel like, you know, if a young person comes to you and says they're seeing something on a platform that you've never heard of or you've never used yourself or you don't understand how it works, I guess the first thing to remember is don't panic. Um, probably the algorithm that it works on is going to be very similar to ones that you are perhaps more familiar with. Um, and again, just having a chat with them about what it is they're seeing and, and um, what they've done so far to change it and what they might be able to do going forwards. Um, I think that's everything from me. So unless you've got anything to add to No, that. I, I think the point you make there is a very good one. They're all based upon the same behaviors because that's how the business model works um so even if it's a new one you know they're, they're going to have similar practices yeah absolutely excellent well um we've got some more podcasts planned so look out for us in your podcast feed soon that's it for another episode of the online resilience podcast if you liked it please tell someone you know who might also enjoy it you can share on facebook twitter or even just pop a link in an email yeah.